Yak Sports Podcast is back. I'm Leela McRae. Joe Deck is with me. We're going to jump over all the high school action happening for spring sports. We're going to dig into some college stuff with JMU, Virginia Tech, and we're going to hit on these playoffs that are just getting going for the NHL and the NBA. But let's start back with the high school sports and most specifically with the baseball. Joe, I made it out to a baseball game last week. It was fun to see. I didn't pick the best one. It was Riverhead's pounded on Stanton, but we got Riverheads and Fort Defiance both undefeated and they have a early week matchup and we're going to find out who's, who's running the show in the Shenandoah district here, you know, just a few games into the season here with Fort Defiance and Riverheads facing off. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. And uh, I scouted ahead and the game I went to uh, was not a district game. I scouted ahead to potential matchups for Fort Defiance uh, with Monticello in Charlottesville. It was a 2 nothing thriller at Look Charlottesville. At yeah. So, um, Did you call Damian Fink and give some, give some pointers? I mean, Wilson, Wilson might need to know it too. Rodney might need to know that. I would just say if they've got a lefty, <laughs> go with it. Monticello seemed to not uh, adjust to the Charlottesville lefty too well. Um, but then at the flip side, Monticello's pitching was pretty good, at least that night. So... Of course, it's hard to tell with a one game sample size. And if he starts asking, oh, what players stood out? I don't know if I could tell him a single player's name. So, <laughs> well, yeah, um, but <laughs> but yeah, going to yours, uh, your point, Riverheads and Fort Defiance will have a big game here. And I think it's going to be crucial for Riverheads to see how they it'll be a good measuring stick. Right. Um, yeah. They're not going to see anybody that good in the region 1B playoffs. So. No. For Fort Defiance, obviously, they've got more than just the Shenandoah District on their mind. I would expect Fort Defiance to be able to win that. But Riverheads is a really good baseball program, too, so I'm sure it'll be an interesting matchup. Yeah, and, and I still think we kind of have groups of teams. I don't I don't think this is just the Riverheads and Fort District. I'm not no. establishing that at this point. It's too early. I think Wilson has a lot to look forward to. They did just fall to Riverheads, but in a contended game. And then also Stewart Straft, I think. Mm-hmm. People are just coming together. I, I do think a lot of the t- players leading Riverheads right now are a lot of football players, so you're kind of surprised to see them just jump right in and get going. And, uh, you know, Stewart Straff, maybe they're still working those guys in a little bit better. I, I know uh, Balzer and Rothgib have already had some good games, so maybe the same case there as Riverheads. They're all getting going. But I, I just would be surprised if Draft's not a contender as we as we move forward. And I'm, I'm, and I'm interested in see what Wilson's doing. So I think – if, if we're grouping teams, I'm kind of taking those four teams and then Gap and Stanton with the opportunity. We're still early. One of those teams could show us something. I, you know, Gap and Stanton, I just think, have had some losses. And, I, and I'm not saying if, that the loss was what was bad. It was the score of the loss. When when Gap loses 17-1 to to Stewart's draft, that's an eyebrow raiser. They can lose to draft, fine. But 17-1, to I'm like, ooh. And then um, Stanton losing 16 nothing to Riverheads. I just, the same kind of thing. I, if if Stanton's going to be kind of going in the direction you hope for them to be going, uh, it doesn't include 16, nothing losses in district. So, um, I mean, their biggest problem that night, and I'm not getting specific with names cause I was watching three kids run around the same time I was watching the game. Uh, but the pitching at Stanton that night wasn't working for them. I mean, Riverheads was just hitting everything. I, I don't know if I saw like one Riverheads kid strike out and, and maybe I missed one, but like it wasn't many, uh, and balls were going all over the field. So, um, that was a big night for Riverhead. So, you know, I, I, 
you're going to get into some tight games. I have noticed it seems like there's a lot of offense. I mean, it seems like the ball in the Shenandoah district's getting hit a lot. And, um, you know, everybody seems to be scoring six, eight runs plus every single night, or, you know, at least one of the two teams involved. And, and a lot of these matchups, you know, the Riverheads Wilson game a week ago, 10 to eight. So I think you're going to have some high score and, uh, you know, slugfest and, and see what these teams can do. But also when things get, when, when pitching kind of gets narrowed down and defenses get a little tighter, um, will we see some two, one ball games? And those are the hard ones when you got to take advantage of every opportunity you're given. So, you know, I don't think we've seen a game like that in the Shenandoah district yet this season and they're, and they're only two games in. So um, I, it'll be interesting to see how this plays in a short season, but I do expect it to kind of adjust as season goes on as teams get better. Yeah, I think that'll help. And, I think you're right. Not not every game in the Shenandoah district, if we're going to see teams that come out of this district go deep in the region, are going to be yeah. having this many runs scored. Eventually, the pitching will figure it out and, and come back to yeah. slow these bats down a little bit. I think Buffalo Gap kind of has a, a opportunity this week. I, I If they're going to be something this year, I think we're going to start seeing that this week. And and it's it's hard to say that early. I just think, you know, with their matchup, that they have coming up this week with Wilson and their matchup that they have. Um, Gap Wilson is Tuesday and then Gap Riverheads. plays Riverheads Thursday. You, you'd you like to see some established. I'm not saying they have to win them both to make you feel better about Gap, but you don't want to see them lose them both. And, and you also probably you, you want to see Gap scoring some runs. I mean, they, they were outscored pretty badly. Uh, between that Stewart Straff game and, and their other loss last week. So you just want to see Gap kind of get going here. Um, and then Stanton, too. I, you know, it's just, you know, we like Coach Loss. He's, he's been on the podcast. He's been on 4D. We we want him to do well. So uh, hopefully they can get something something going there and, and be higher up these standings. But it's it's hard for us on this. We, we always want our teams to do well when they're only playing each other. Yeah. <laughs> so, someone's got to be in last. That's so. true. Someone's got to lose. And, um you know, based on that, I think you, you said this is a big week for Gap if they're going to stay in that top four, I think, or in that, you know, discussion yeah. in that top cluster. And I think this is, unfortunately, I think this will be yeah. the week where they kind of drop away from that pack. Um, they, they got Talon out there. It's surprising. But yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. Yeah. All right, moving over to so, – so, yeah, the big game is Fort Riverheads this week. The other big see, game I, think, I have highlighted is for yeah. Fort uh, – See, I think the that's the Fort, big Fort game. Draft. Because yeah. I think I think actually, if draft draft has a tough week, <laughs> if draft doesn't win, I think that that could kind of we might go from a four to a three team race. And that's not saying, you know, yeah. one, two games back in the district, you're out. But, it, you know, draft needs to find a kind win of, at least this week. Yeah, find, find you don't want to fall behind and you have losses yep. to Wilson and Fort with Riverheads coming up. Yeah, and, and draft lost to to Wilson, so uh, that's, that's the what I'm saying. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't here, lose so. to both Wilson and Fort, and then okay, now Riverheads is going to be coming up on the schedule, so we haven't played them yet this year, so yeah. it's just going to be tough. An um, opportunity for Gap this week, and a tough week for Draft, so it'll right. be interesting. We will talk about it more next week. Staying on the diamond, though, Leland, I want to talk about softball. Yeah, Fort they got a big two-one thrilling win over Buffalo Gap that kept their perfect district record alive. And they are chasing right there with Wilson uh, at the top of the Shenandoah district. The next team is draft one and one Riverheads and Stanton have actually uh, only played one district game so far, but Buffalo gap at two and two kind of, you know, again, it's early, but they're fading here from that kind of pack there of Wilson and Fort that have already jumped out to two district wins 
and then kind of uh, draft being one and one helps, but Riverheads and Stanton only playing one. It's kind of hard to get a read on them yet. Yeah, and Fort's only loss is to TA. They split a they mm. split games with TA, and TA is a very good softball program. So, oh, yeah. and it, it was a, I think a close game too. Mm. So like, okay, and you move forward, and and they'll have their opportunity against Wilson, and, and they'll they'll be in that district. And uh, but yeah, Wilson sitting at four and is great, and um, they they played tight games, so they're not you know. Yeah, they're undefeated on the season, but they're not blowing people away. And so um, I think a softball, I think like we previewed last week, will be very contended this year um, with a bunch of teams able to to beat each other. I don't you know, I'd be shocked. Wilson sitting there undefeated, Fort's in there undefeated. I, I, I would kind of be shocked if just one goes absolute goes undefeated. I think there's a lot of talent locally in softball. So I'd be surprised. I mean, highlighting that two one squeaker in 11 innings you can't kind of talk about the game without talking about Lillian Barry, what she was doing. She, you know, a walk off solo home run in the bottom of the 11th and she pitched the whole game, complete game and, uh, struck out a bunch. So she had a 18. heck of a game. So Lillian, yeah, yeah. Lillian Barry just did a great job in that game. So hard not to, uh, to mention her when you talk about that game. Cause she put them on her back a little bit. I mean, everybody was involved. I mean, if you're keeping teams down to one run, then the whole defense was involved, but you know, she had a big night. Yeah, that was one. That was one for the that she'll remember. And someday when her kids are playing softball or something, she'll talk about. Yeah, well, this one game. <laughs> yeah, struck out <laughs> eighteen, walked none. So <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, pa- commanding the strike zone, as they say. Um, but a sport where we will have a team go undefeated in the district is probably soccer on the boys' side, yeah. especially Stanton three and zero, haven't given up a goal yet, and it's sixteen nothing in those three games. So kind of hard to see anybody catching them yeah and stan didn't you know no one played spring sports last year it seems like stan's kind of picked up where they left off mm-hmm. um a lot of different names you know it's not that same group of uh seniors and juniors and seniors that led that team two years ago but um it's still the same coach with homes there and you know it'll be it'll be awesome to see if, if they can go on a, another run i know it gets harder in the postseason but i think you know they went on a you know not giving up a goal tear uh both the um the last two years that they played seasons, uh, I think LeRae scored a goal in that state championship year uh, to break it up. But then they went on another tear for a while too. So I, it'll be interesting to see what they can do in the district. Um, I mean, they're just a mile ahead, everybody. I, that's just, I mean, that's, this is probably the most dominant team in all of high school sports in the Shenandoah district. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't know, tennis, uh, Wilson tennis, we'll talk about in a minute might, might be the one you contend with, but Stanton soccer, um, on on the field, not on a court, is probably the most dominant uh, team in this area. So, yeah, it, it's just who who can maybe pick up a goal from them? Who can slow them down? I don't think anybody's going to stop them. Yeah, and, you know, let's finish, round out the girls' side here with draft uh, one and one. They lost a 5-1 to one to Wilson um, and yeah. Fort right now, though their girls 2-0. and oh. Those were the two teams that we kind of were wondering as the lead lead teams in the on the girls side right now early edge to fort but they still got to play draft and, and then and you know knowing that wilson beat oh, draft, yeah. it that kind of puts, puts wilson in, in that there. category yeah. too so i think those three teams we're gonna we're gonna see a lot um you know it's it's nice when there's kind of three teams contending because you can just kind of get more matchups with these top teams facing each other but yeah fort being undefeated at this point great and and also just highlight that Stewart's draft they were dominant there for a couple of years and uh they don't seem to be that so far. So, you know, can they get back to that level or they can, 
you know, get you back to the used to the winning ways. We'll see. But yeah, early season loss to Wilson definitely indicates something we're unused to seeing from Stewart's draft in recent years. Going over to the tennis that I already hit on, Wilson boys have finished the regular season now as of Monday night. They won uh, against Fort and they did it. They shut them out. Nine nothing in that match and they haven't lost. And this is this is my ignorance. Um, I guess they play nine matches within a game for the team on a, in a tennis match. I, I'm just not sure about the term, terminology. I'll let you I'll let you correct me if I'm wrong. But they oh, team tennis. I don't know. Players, yeah. Yeah. Team none tennis, of their players have yeah. lost a matchup this season. So they've all gone undefeated all season. They won nine nothing every single time they went out and played these teams. I guess so they. Good. Yeah, they have a good ladder <laughs> from top to bottom. They are solid and their weakest guy is beating everybody that he's played this season. So they're a really good team. This isn't really far off from what they're used to doing. Um, but Stanton's been strong this year. I mean, they're six and two. Their only losses have come to Wilson and they've really dominated the rest of their competition that they've played. So um, but tennis is wrapping up. I mean, the regular season for Shenandoah District's ended now. I do think they have to wait a week before they start the region playoffs, but the tennis region playoffs start before everybody else. So uh, we're all getting ready for that. And that includes the girls' side, where uh, Fort Tennis is the undefeated team there. Um, they had the only time they were really challenged this year was against Wilson, and they played on Monday night. And But both times, Fort takes down Wilson team 6-3 uh, to three in both of those. I, I think Wilson, the only time they lost lost matches was against Fort, and, yeah. and they lost six in each of those. But they've really dominated everybody else. So two strong programs there, both in 3C. So it'll be interesting to see. I know Fort has the automatic qualifier and all that. I'm not exactly sure what happens from there yeah. um, uh, going forward if Wilson's going to be able to be in that postseason too. And I know most postseasons are more limited this season. So uh, as soon as I know, I'll say it on the podcast. But Hopefully Wilson, they've had a great year at eight and two and only losses to the undefeated team. So hopefully they can get in there too. Looking at the two B side of things. I, I know I saw on Twitter today, the spring rankings have come out here for the first time, I guess still early ish, not quite halfway yeah. in the spring season, but on baseball, we don't have any two B teams right now in a, in a postseason because the top four make it Buffalo gap is seventh. They're the closest and they got some ground to make up. Um, but before we move off of baseball, I think we might have found the sport that Stonewall Jackson might be good at. Like, it, I just feel like every time I'm looking at a Region 2B standings and PowerPoints, I can just pencil in Stewart, or Stonewall Jackson in last. And now they're kind of, you know, they're tied for fourth, third right now in baseball. So is this, this the sport This is going to be a back-in-my-day situation here because Stonewall wasn't terrible and everything uh, 20 years ago when I was in high school well, back they in the are early now. 2000s. In football, they were really strong. We played some of our toughest regular season games against uh, Stonewall. But also baseball, they were solid. Uh, I always like going to play up against, uh, against them in, in baseball uh, because they played at Newmarket Field, and, and that was just awesome. Um, and we oh, played some tournaments be, there, too. Yeah, so spring spring must be their season because they're up there in baseball. <laughs> now, softball, zero. So I'm guessing that means they haven't won a game, uh, and they're in dead last there. We do have Stewart's Draft and Buffalo Gap both in the top four at three and four in softball. Boys soccer, Stanton is actually... Still a lot to go in those Yeah, still a lot to go. But uh, Stanton is actually the two right now in boys soccer behind Clark. Uh, And then Stonewall's actually up there in fourth 
Um, but Draft would be the next team from the Shenandoah District. They're at 10th. Girls soccer, we don't have anyone. Stanton is right now 5th, trailing Madison and Stonewall, who are tied for 3rd and 4th. Yeah, Draft, I don't think we're going to get anybody Draft there. is 6. Yeah, unless Draft turns it on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Draft. Sorry, I did forget about Draft. Uh, when you said Stanton and Gap, I, I paused, yeah. Yeah. So it'll so be looking to see what, what happens there, yeah. But those that's about day. early to halfway-ish. And, and yeah, baseball and soccer, it's it's still really early. Uh, base uh, down in 1B, Riverheads is number one in baseball. Expect that to be similar all season. Riverheads is third. They're going to be in that top four somewhere. Uh, soccer, Riverheads is sixth. They got some work to do. And, and Region 1B soccer isn't just a complete walkthrough because uh, you do have the Appomattox Regional Governor School that's very good. And then you got girls soccer. There's only like three teams in that. <laughs> in, uh, girls soccer teams in that region so making the top four is not the problem but riverheads is the number one team there so uh that looks good there so yeah one one b has its issues when you only have three girls soccer teams that's takes the competition away a little bit so but if you're in first you're in first so um and and <laughs> i'll apologize to fort and wilson i don't have the three c we don't have three c in front yeah. of us so we got to get after Cody. Cody's got to come up with that. Force. Come on. Either, they had the, the 2P was or... perfect. They had the four sports right next to each other in that little graphic. I loved it. Yes. Give me three C. I need to know where Wilson and Ford are. So we talked a lot about high school softball. Let's talk about college softball. Mm-hmm. And I get excited about JMU softball. I know Megan, uh, Megan good for defiance alum. She dominated up there uh, just as she did in high school around here. She went up there and dominated. She's graduated and moved on now, but a lot of the same players that were solid players when Megan was there are still uh, doing great. Odyssey Alexander and um, Kate Gordon. Kate Gordon like led off the game with home runs twice this last weekend uh, in the CAA tournament. So they won the CAA. They punched their ticket. They were going to be in the tournament, and we finally found out Sunday night where JMU would be and their 34-1 and record, and they're going to play down in Tennessee, and they will play Liberty – First, they had a regular season game scheduled with Liberty, but that got put off. Um, I'm not sure for I, I'm assuming COVID. I just don't know from which side right. but they didn't face each other in the regular season as scheduled, but they will face each other Friday at noon on ESPNU. I'm excited about it. I I will say I, it's not like I make it to JMU softball games, but I pay attention. I, you know, I follow them on Twitter. I pay attention to how it's going. And honestly, it's fun to pay attention to JMU softball because they're always winning. And uh, I still recognize a lot of these names. I, I think it's awesome that Kate Gordon is so dominant. She's from Page County. So, like, I like when local local kids can do good at college, and especially when it's a local college like JMU. Um, but, yeah, they're down there in that Tennessee bracket. So they got it. they're going to have to beat Tennessee at, at least once at some point this weekend to get out of there and probably twice. And uh, it's a tough matchup, but it could be worse. They could be at one of the top eight schools. You know, it, it, it was not, when they made it through the first half of that, bracket reveal show that I was watching that apparently I, I love bracket reveal shows. Um, I was happy when they went to commercial and half the bracket was out in JMU Henman call. Cause I was like, Hey, that's just, that's better for these JMU girls. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'll be watching Friday at noon. That's, that can be my plan. Yeah. Uh, good for them. I'm glad they made it uh, where they did and didn't have to play one of those top eights. Like you said. Um, and I don't know if you saw this, I'm guessing you put it on here cause you did about, folks complaining about the fact that they're not hosting a regional, I guess. Um, well, 
Look, I had a similar reaction to you. I when JMU is out there killing everyone in the CAA tournament and the writers and are... played teams that aren't just in the CAA. Like they didn't they only played UVA. That was the only power five yeah, yeah, school yeah. they played this year. But but the writers are fawning over it, saying this proves that it's not just what they're doing isn't just making a statement to the CAA, but the country. I'm like, no, it's just making a statement to the CAA. Like, we're above you. Like I think they went the whole tournament without giving up a run in the conference tournament, which is impressive. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but the CAA sucks and it has sucked. Like it's not, yeah. it's not a great conference. It's a one bid league in about everything. So uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. It's great that they went on a run. And if you're going to be a, a team on the national stage, you need to plow through the CAA. Like it's a crappy conference, which JMU softball's done. Uh, they're only lost to Elon, but that was back in March and they've come a long way since then too. And, um, yeah, just prove you're going to have to go to the college yeah, world series to, to establish. Yeah. Like prove yourself. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you're going to have to make it to Omaha. So you're going to yeah. have to prove going like, to super regionals is great. And yeah. I know they did that in 2019. They went out to UCLA and they battled UCLA. They but, did. Like, and the year before I think was LSU. They it. battled and came up short there, but, and I think Michigan's another one. They played tough in the past, but you hear they what we're saying Michigan in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting there and it's it's tough and they just they come up short. But so now you got to do it like you got to prove it. Um, And you're not just jumping to a new conference automatic like next year. Like it's unlikely to happen. You're not jumping to a honestly, even if you do, you're going to go to a conference that doesn't have great softball. You're not going to be in the SEC. Yeah, you're not going to be you're not going to be in the ACC or the Big Ten. You're not going to be in one of these power five conferences. So you just got to deal like um, I'm sorry. I know that upsets JMU people because. We're the best at everything, um, but much like football and the complaints about the seating there, like just, just win, like yeah, go win. Cincinnati will get like if Cincinnati goes undefeated this next season, you will see them ranked slightly higher than they were the year before because they're yeah, establishing be five instead continuance of six. winning. Yeah, the, they in football it's still fixed and they won't be in the top four. I'm yeah, not trying be to say five. they'll, they'll... <laughs> but in softball you still you do have a tournament. And so you're just going to have to start going to Omaha to establish that you deserve to host these uh, top eight seeds, to have the eight top eight seed and host and then be a, and that you've had it before. You can do that with where you're at when you are as dominant as you were when Megan Good was there and Odyssey was good. Or it might have been right before Odyssey. It might have been the girl from uh, Bath County. Um, I'm, bl- I'm blanking on her name, but uh, you know, they were really good then and they got to host a regional and a super regional and LSU came to town. It was awesome you're just going to have to be absolutely dominant. You're going to have to play better non-conference teams. I get this year probably scheduling was tough. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm really not like laying into them for not scheduling people this year. Cause it looked very regional what their schedule was. There was no Florida tournament and all but that. Then you also have to it. understand why you're seated where you're seated. Yeah. You just don't complain. You just got to go do it now. And, and coach reports a really good coach. So I, I am sure that JMU is going to be, very competitive in this region. And I, I would not be shocked to see them take out Tennessee in advance. Um, and then if you do, you've got the eight seed. So uh, that's best case scenario in a super regional. You play Missouri. So who's the eight? Uh, so I, I think this is a, it's a great draw for JMU. I was not upset by this draw. Yeah. No, um, yeah. So anybody who's upset, I, I don't know what they want. I mean, I, I think hosting a region would actually be worse for you than where you are. Um, because if you beat Tennessee, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility, it's going to be tough. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. If you do that, then you get an eight seed instead of yeah. being the last. Going to UCLA. Yeah, yeah, being the last team to host and then having to play the number one team in a super regional and getting 
smoked. So I think this I do want to throw. I want to throw out there for any Riverheads fans listening or people that have, you know, older, older fans, uh, Josh Laporte, uh, Riverheads basketball star from my day, Lauren Laporte, the head coach of Jamie softball, that's his wife. So if you, if you don't already root for Jamie softball, root for him for that reason. He, we got local ties there and she was, she was a dominant player in softball at Roanoke college. Uh, that's where they met. And then, uh, she's been with Mickey Dean, her entire coaching career until she was made head coach at JMU when Mickey Dean left. So, uh, yeah, there's a reason for local people to even root for this team more is that'll be good for some local family here. So that'll be good. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've been dominant. She, she's been on this staff like nine years now and they've just been absolute dominant. They haven't lost more than three games in the CAA since she's been on the coaching staff or head coach. And so just dominant. Yeah. All right. Virginia tech basketball quick here. Mike Jones, Jones, not that Mike Jones. He got hired as the assistant uh, at Virginia Tech from the vacated spot recently made. And that is a heck of a hire. And you might not know him because we talk high school. We talk local high school. We don't talk D.C. high school. He is the coach at DeMatha High School in D.C. for the last 20 years. He's an absolute legend up there. They've won hundreds and hundreds of games and only maybe lost maybe a hundred games over that 20 year, 20 year period. I mean, it's an incredible record. He it's a private school. So he is recruiting kids, best players in the Northern Virginia DC area to come play for him. Well, now he's going to be on Virginia tech staff. And so that's good. We have a good tie in a good pipeline from Northern Virginia. Also he is, has been, and still will be the head coach for USA basketball's under 16 team. So he's going to be in the ear of a lot of talented players and not just the ones playing on that team, but also ones that are hoping to be on that team and, and players being selected for that team. So I think this is a great hire for Virginia Tech basketball, it, just the recruiting pipeline alone, but also the man knows basketball and, I, and knows how to coach top talent to play good basketball. So I'm excited about this hire and uh, seeing what it could do for this program. And, and it, it just – Shows that Mike Young, again, knows what he's doing, putting good people on his staff. I love it. Yeah, I want to clean up one thing before I start. Um, DeMath is in Maryland, not D.C., but D.C. area. Oh, right outside of D.C., right outside yeah. of D.C., sorry. Yeah, um, that's fine. But, <laughs> I yeah, I think... highlights old, on old Fox 5 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, up there. So. Yeah, <laughs> it is D.C. area. They are, they are yeah. on the D.C. news stations, but, yes, technically Maryland. Um, but... Sure. <laughs> For for this, this is a great hire because for all the reasons, right? Like you said, he's a, been a great coach there and done a lot, and uh, he's a legend there. And he's been coaching this USA U sixteen team. Not that we advocate, you know, recruiting violations in terms of inappropriate contact while on um, terms of recruiting, but it's going to be great if no other reason than these kids are going to be like, oh, you know what? I really liked him as a coach there. Oh, he's also coaching a VT. Like, let's go there. Yeah. Um, so I think that's. Nothing but good. Or when other talented come. players talk to their yeah. buddy that's a talented player and like, oh, yeah, I did like him. You should go talk to, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yep. only good can come from this. I think this is a great hire. I think this is just more Virginia Tech basketball doing the right thing. And I think we are a year away from Virginia Tech officially being a basketball school. So. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think I don't. I, uh, I, Which I is a credit to the basketball it. program and a discredit to another person <laughs> who coaches the other program that Virginia Tech used to. I'm, I'm not jumping in agreement with you on that statement just because I know there's a, just a large amount of those Virginia Tech fan base 
that only cares about basketball when we're good. Well, they'll and learn. As soon as football beats a mediocre team, they act like it's a huge win, like when we beat a bad Florida State team or we beat a bad West Virginia team. So, yeah, knocking the Don't worry, we won't have that opportunity this year. tougher than another year or two. We won't beat a bad West Virginia team this year. <laughs> Don't worry. They're not going to have anything to get excited about. It's going to be depressions straight from the jump. All right, Joe, this, this is what you've been waiting for. We're going to A block talk about NHL playoffs. I will be in with my smart butt comments, but otherwise, have at it. Yes. Finally, the Stanley Cup playoffs have started, we, and it has not disappointed. We got the high school football out of the way, so we're oh, now you can talk hockey as much I know. as you want. Thank goodness. <laughs> Get rid of that high school. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, but I am very excited. This is the best postseason in all of sports. It, this blows everything else out of the water, in my opinion. March Madness is great. But I like the Stanley Cup playoffs more. Uh, it's way better than baseball. It's way better than the NFL playoffs. It's way better than college football. Uh, and way better than the other sport we're going to talk about here in a minute in the NBA. Um, in this NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, so far, we've had, what, five? Five playoff games. If we're counting the games happening Monday night, there was four yesterday. Oh, okay. Four then. Four. Three went into overtime, and the other one was decided in the final minute of regulation. Yeah, awesome. So um, they've just been essentially four, essentially four games decided golden goal situation. Yeah, it, it's just been an amazing postseason. This Caps game that's happening as we record, which Leland is probably super frustrated because I've been half paying attention to whatever he's saying and half paying attention to this hockey game. <laughs> <laughs> the Caps are up one right now with about half the third period to go, so hopefully we can get up 2-0. But, okay, so let's start there, right? Caps-Bruins was the first game of the Stanley Cup playoffs. It was Saturday night, and we won 3-2 in overtime uh, with our third-string goalie because he had to play, I, er, gosh, partway through the first period. I felt like most of the first period on because the guy who started got hurt, uh, and the guy who started was the second goalie, the starting goalie has COVID for, I don't know, the second or third time this year. There's some other stuff going on there that may or may not be happening that's not great. But um, anyway, the goalie situation is what it is with the Capitals. They've done enough to win that game in overtime. They're, they look pretty good here after a shaky start from Craig Anderson, who's going to be 40 on Friday. Um, and he's the third goalie that we're talking about because he played again tonight. Uh, but... I've been really impressed with the Caps' offense. They've had a lot of traffic out front in front of the net, which has been, I think, the biggest difference. Boston, I, I cannot believe. I could believe it now that the Caps are on the third-string goalie, but before this playoff series started, the Caps were an underdog in the series. And I'm telling you, not to get into gambling right away, but when I saw that, I was like, thank you for the cash. I mean, I, I did, just didn't see a way they were going to lose this series to Boston. In fact, I took another bet, a smaller bet, that the Caps would win this series in five. I feel great about that right now with the Caps up 3-2 in this game, if they can hold on. Next game was on Sunday. It was the Penguins and the Islanders. You might remember I said I didn't pick enough upsets, so I switched one of my picks to the Islanders in seven. They won 4-3 to three in overtime in a great game with the Pittsburgh Penguins that I think was not tied for about a grand total of five minutes, if that. Uh, that game was a phenomenal game that the Islanders ended up pulling out. Knights Wild was another great series. Now, 
I said I didn't think the Avalanche would get to the one seed last week. Guess what they did? So the Knights... They got to the one seed. They, the Knights dropped to the two. They play the Minnesota Wild, who's the one team that gave them fits this regular season, more so than anyone else. And the Wild won a thriller one nothing in overtime. So no regulation goals. I still like Vegas to come back and win that series uh, just because I think Marc-Andre Fleury is a phenomenal goalie. I think the Minnesota Wild will be hard-pressed to beat them four times. So I like the Knights there. Avalanche and Blues, they start tonight. Um, but Oh, I forgot the other one. How could I forget this one? Uh, Ice Cats and Lightning, a.k.a. Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Those two teams hate each other. It's the first time they've ever played in the playoffs, both teams in Florida, and they absolutely hate each other. It felt like every time there was a whistle and a stoppage in play, they were peeling guys off each other or they were fighting. Um, it was fun to watch. It, it was. was watch. It was a great game in terms of just how close it was. There's also a lot of fighting going on, a lot of hatred there. Uh, Islanders win 5-4, scoring the winning goal, like we said, right before regulation ended. Otherwise, we'd be talking about four games, four overtimes. But, uh, man, that was a heartbreaking loss for the Florida Panthers. Don't get me wrong. I still think the Florida Panthers can win that in seven. But the hard part is you have Kucherov and Stamkos, both who didn't play at all in the regular season. They're now coming back for the Lightning. They're two of their best players. And they're fresh. That's going to be hard to contend with. We saw that already in game one. They've got to find a way to slow down Kucherov and Stamkos and find a way to just get better goalie play. I don't think you're going to see Bobrovsky in game two. I think they're going to go to Drieger uh, for the Florida Panthers, and I think that will help them. Carolina Hurricanes and Nashville Predators is the other game going on right now. Sorry, Leland. And then I'll let you talk about everything else. I realized I just bulldozed this entire thing and didn't let you talk. Um, That game is 2-2 right now. I think the Hurricanes will win that game and sweep the Preds. The Preds are garbage, but sorry. (laughs) So the Preds are down. My biggest question that I had coming out of some conversations with listeners and supporters of the podcast, I need to establish, are, is it the Ice Cats with a C or yes. is it an Ice Cats with a K? No, I feel like it's going to be with a C. Okay, because it matters. Like, Ice Cats with a K is terrible. I like would agree. The, I don't like it. Same. I don't like it. I don't like it visually. And anytime there's a K at the beginning of, like, a word, I get nervous. Um, ice I cats with a bruise, but yeah, you got to watch them. So that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the cats, ice cats with a K would have been terrible. We, we watched the Sam Houston state bear cats played in a national championship and I slowed down to, yeah, it's bear cats. And that made me hate them when they played JMU. So yeah, I wasn't rooting for them either. I'll talk more about that later, but it matters. It needed to be established. Uh, Dan honestly asked specifically if it was with a, is your reference of the Ice Cats was it a C or K because it mattered. He said he, it made it you made it sound like it was with a K and so no he was Ice Cats Ice Cats I I don't know I just that's how I say cats I don't know well maybe that's the problem maybe you're the problem maybe I feel like I'm saying the word correctly so I don't know <laughs> maybe just Ice Cats so what about these Canadian teams why haven't they played yet oh because. Typical Canada, um, despite pretending they have everything figured out way better than us Americans, they're the ones that can't finish the regular season because somebody in Vancouver had to go get COVID and push the regular season back. Oh, yeah, by the way, the regular season in hockey is still going on. Um, Even though the four teams in Canada have been locked into their seats and they're going to start playing tomorrow, 
when this podcast drops, probably. Uh, when other teams are playing their third playoff game, yeah. Yeah, Vancouver is still playing regular season games in totally meaningless hockey games, which part of me loves. Uh, but the Maple Leafs will be the one. They're playing the 4C Canadiens. You spelled Canadians with an A. It's actually with an E. You're right in terms of like describing people born in Canada, but the hockey team is with an E, Canadiens. And the number two seed, Oilers, they play the three seed, Jets. You changed the wrong A to an E. I, I feel like on I purpose. On purpose. <laughs> um, yeah. It's the Canadians. <laughs> but uh, in this series, look, I didn't bet either series because I don't feel confident about that one at all. The North Division has been an absolute mess uh, in terms of what I've watched. Uh, whenever I'm watching one of these matchups, it's just an insane, uh, <laughs> God, Leland, um, who's messing with me now in the notes, changing, changing A's to E's and E's to A's. Switching E's and A's. Yep. <laughs> anyway, um, it, uh, Toronto's the one seed. People will tell you Toronto has a great chance to win the Stanley cup. I don't think they do. I actually think they have a terrible chance to win the Stanley cup. I, I think they have actually no chance. I'm not even sure they get out of the first round. Like, that's how little faith I have in Toronto. But here's the other little caveat, the juicy detail. The NHL is still working with the Canadian government on trying to figure out what happens if these teams get in, whoever wins this North Division, when they have to play in the next round, or the third round, what would be the third round of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs? Because... As it stands right now, Canada, the reason they had to do the divisions like this is Canada won't let American teams come to Canada. And if Canadian teams come to America, then they have to, when they get back, they have to quarantine for 14 days. So I don't know if they're going to end up telling these Canadian teams like, hey, pick an American city. Guess where you're playing the rest of the postseason starting in the third round. Or one of the other things is the Canadian team will have to forfeit. So... That would be nuts, uh, but that'll be interesting. I imagine they'll get a deal worked out. How's that not figured out yet? Uh, because we're like a week away. Because of politics, Leland. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I I think they're gonna get a deal worked out. I think this is some posturing. Is this Obama's fault? Well, he's neither the current president <laughs> nor the Canadian president, so I'm gonna say no. But I. I think they'll get this worked out and they'll just give a waiver to these whatever American team has to go play in Canada. The Canadian team will get eliminated in the third round and it won't be an issue in the Stanley Cup final. So I like the confidence for America. In, I, in, I'm in, telling in you right Canada now, sport. folks, there, it has been so long since the Canadian team has won this thing and it ain't ending this year. I, that division has been so bad. Now, what what the Canadian hockey uh, media will tell you is, oh, it's because our division's so parody driven or it's because but your division you is so terrible well yeah but we, they haven't had that chance right everyone's only played each other in their divisions so you don't well, know like, it's been, you said it's been a long time since they've won a stanley cup final oh yeah but they're saying this year it's because they're so yeah. parody driven i think it's because you have no really good teams and it's a whole bunch of garbage but we'll see uh, to me the east has two teams the Penguins and the Caps that are really good. I think the Islanders still might steal that from the Penguins because you got to have upsets in the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
the Central is loaded. Hurricanes, Panthers, Lightning, and then Avalanche or Knights. I think those are the five teams. If you're looking for teams, those are the five that I think have a realistic shot. Avalanche, Golden Knights, Canes, Panthers, Lightning. If I'm going to whittle it down to two, I th- and this is a little bit of heart, Ice Cats and Golden Knights. Oh, come on, Avalanche. The Avalanche have a great chance. Don't get me wrong. They've got a good chance. I just, look, I can't tell you how many years I spent cursing Mark andre Fleury when he was on the Penguins. He's still doing it, and he's doing it at such a high level in Vegas. They're going to be a tough out. It's going to take, like, one nothing wins like the Minnesota Wild had to win, and I don't know how many of those you're going to get. All right. Well, that's the hockey update for the week. Let's go over to the NBA playoffs. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. The biggest story is watching, you know, the greatest player in the game right now, LeBron, realize this play-in tournament could affect him and him not liking it. Deal with it, LeBron. You're going to play in it. You're going to play against the Warriors this week. If you win, then you're going to be in the traditional playoffs. If you lose, you're going to have to win the next game to then maybe be in the to then be in the playoffs. They play the Warriors in a one-game Winner is in, a loser still has a chance to be in, but you have to win another <laughs> yeah. game situation, which the NBA doesn't want. I mean, the Warriors might have just ended up being out of the playoffs anyway, so this kind of brings them back in. But they love that the Lakers and Warriors are playing in one of these play-in games. It will be the highest rated of these play-in games. And probably really? for the next few years, it'll be the highest rated play-in game if they keep this going. But you, you don't, don't think want Pacers to see one of these two teams go out. Huh? You don't think Pacers and Hornets can beat it? <laughs> so, the NBA likes these star. They like Steph Curry and LeBron facing off in this in one of these play playing games. But they then want the loser of that game to beat the winner of the Memphis San Antonio game. So then they will be in the playoffs. But the what I was here on the radio this morning that kind of blew me away is that they just assume the Lakers are going to win. And they're going to play the Suns or worst case scenario, they lose one and then win and they play the Jazz. And then the Jazz, the Suns are in trouble. I don't know. I don't know. Why would we just assume that LeBron's just magically healthy now? Like he's just 100 percent all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Yes. No, seriously. I I do think that I I think LeBron has been laying in the weeds. I think the Lakers have not cared about the regular season because they haven't had to care about the regular season. He was like laying on the court, you know, holding himself like a soccer player the other night. So I guess it's as fake as soccer on how bad he was hurt the other day. I just, I don't know. I don't, I think the Lakers aren't going to, you know, just dominate one of those two top seeds. I just don't, I just don't see that happening from what I've seen from the rest of what's going on with the Lakers. You also got Davis. He's been dinged up all year too. He's been out most of the season. So I just don't buy that discussion that the Lakers are just going to swoop in and dominate these playoffs. Prove me wrong. I think I picked the Lakers to go to the finals anyway, but Prove me wrong. On the other side, the play-in games are the on the East are the Pacers and Hornets, and then the Celtics and Wizards. And the Celtics is another team they wish that weren't in the play-in game, but they are. So it might be some ratings there. I think the Celtics will have to play two play-in games because you think, think the Wizards will beat them in the first one. I so do. I, so that's that'd be good. Uh, Wizards are playing a lot better right now. I don't think there's some kind of contender in the East, but they are playing a lot better basketball. No, uh, but yeah, they, yeah. They'll they'll get knocked out soon enough. Uh, the top seeds over there, 76ers, 
uh, then the Nets, then the Knicks, then the Bucks, and that's the big story. Is that is it, or it's then the Bucks and the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks, as the four seed, get to host in the first round. Just we haven't seen that for a long time. We haven't seen them in the playoffs for a long time. We haven't seen them hosting games playoffs in a long, long time. So that's that's good for basketball. That New York is something to talk about. Um, but they still, you know, they're not getting talked about as as well as they're getting as the Nets are across the bridge. So. We'll see what we get there, but the NBA playoffs are starting. These play-in games are kind of the biggest news of the week, and uh, I'm sure we'll get some drama by the end of the week related to that, so that's something to look for. Yeah, I think I, – I, do you want to do predictions here? You still picking the Lakers? Uh, we picked preseason, I think, so uh, – but, yeah, let's pick up- from here. Let's pick yeah, from this point. Yeah, do an update? Yeah. I didn't ask you. I just don't know what I picked Do you want to do an updated hockey? Do you want to do a hockey? We didn't even do preseason hockey. You predictions. already did hockey. You you gave us the top contenders. It's fine. We we're good. What, you know what, what I didn't NBA? tell you about your Avalanche though? Bad news for the Avalanche. The President's Trophy winner, and it's an uncomfortably long streak if you're an Avalanche fan. The winner of the President's Trophy has not made it out of the first two rounds. Well, I'm hoping. Based on your comments, I picked the Avalanche, so you you better be I right. do. Well, those things, okay, <laughs> I know I just said that, but those things are kind of the things I chalk up like, okay, like. Is it the Madden cover? Yeah. <laughs> That's the case until it's no longer the case, right? Like, right. oh, you know, the Orioles have never won back-to-back home games. Okay, until they do. Like, uh, <laughs> and that's a bad example because the Never. Orioles are bad. I we I don't think we've won back-to-back home games this year. Uh, we've lost like three in a row before, but we haven't won back-to-back ones. If I'm doing an updated playoff prediction since I just asked you, I'm still taking the Lakers out west, and I'm taking the Nets in the east. Yeah, I think we were both probably in that area uh, preseason. I'll I'll look it up and, and tell, tell our listeners next week or make a tweet or something, but I – I don't want to pick the Lakers because I just I I think it's two years ago when the Lakers didn't even make the playoffs with LeBron there. I thought like everybody all season just bought into it, bought into it, bought into it. And I just feel like I just have that feeling again. I just I think that's where we're at. I think. I think the Jazz are a team to watch. And that was your team last year. I think you kind of called out to be surprisingly good here. They are another step up. Yeah, I didn't well, call the Jazz. I called the Heat. Yeah, I think one of us said something about the Jazz, so maybe it was me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember things I said. You might have said the Jazz. Yeah. Um. So I just I don't know if I'm taking the Lakers or the field in the West right now. I'm taking the field. I just from what I've seen out of that team this entire season and even down the stretch here, even recent memory. I just, I guess I'm taking the field, which is unlike me. I usually do just assume LeBron will be good, and I think I got burned two years ago, and that's why I'm feeling that way. I, I just haven't seen it out of them, so that's, that's do what I'm doing. you think the Phoenix Suns take out the Lakers? Maybe. No. Okay. Maybe, because I don't, so I, no, if I see I'm LeBron no, laying on the ground, gonna... like, there we go. I, yeah, but I think it's, I think part of it is load management. I think part of it is LeBron's not going to waste his energy and the chance to get seriously it seems hurt like they wouldn't be in, in the, the play-in season. game if they were like laying in the weeds the right way yeah i just don't think the regular season matters i think this the nba more than any other sport doesn't matter then don't lay down on the court then just sit over there just do your laid management in a suit don't come out on the court and start crying in the east it's hard to pick against the nets especially when they get the big three back um 
Sixers the Bucks would be kind of the Bucks would be one of those teams that I would say, hey, watch out for those guys, but they don't have it this year. So it's it's hard to argue with the Nets. And I think, you know, they've had a lot of injuries. That's why they're the two seed. The Lakers have had a lot of injury and they're the seven seed right now, playing for their lives. That's the difference between the Nets and the Lakers in my mind. Teams built with stars, teams built with guys that are gonna get benefits of the doubt. But the Nets fell to number two when they didn't have their guys, not seven. In a harder conference. So that's what I, I, I guess I'm saying the field in the West in a harder <laughs> conference. The West is traditionally harder. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying the Nets are the two seed in the harder conference. Yeah, I, I didn't back up my point. Well, with my with my compliment, I was acknowledging it's a harder conference. I was trying. I think I miss. I think I put the wrong yeah. emphasis on the wrong syllable there. Yeah, I, that's what I was. Uh, that's what I was questioning. I'm acknowledging I was the say, West is look. harder. <laughs> no, I'm acknowledging the West is harder, um, and that's maybe accounts for some of those spots the Lakers dropped. But just all the way to seven. Just it seems like if the Lakers really had that switch properly working, that they'd be the five or six seed. All right, let's get out of the NBA. Let's get out of this segment and let's move on. All right, D-Block time here on the Yak Sports Podcast. Joe, I'll let you hit us first with a just a touch of soccer talk, hopefully. Oh, my gosh. Leland, Liverpool has been fighting for their lives to stay in the top four. It's been a rough season. When you have two world-class center backs go out, and then you have your two replacements for them go out, and then you have to start chucking midfielders back there and they get hurt, it makes for kind of a tough season. But they've been able to hang around the top four. Right now they're fifth. And the teams that are third and fourth that they trail by one and two points respectively are playing each other. So as long as Liverpool keeps winning, they're fine. They're going to be in the top four. They'll be in a Champions League spot. Which speaks to Jurgen Klopp's great managing and a little bit of luck. Because Liverpool keep the win and get to where they are one and two points behind the third and fourth place teams in the EPL. They needed a goal in the final seconds of the game. The first ever goal in the history of the club from a goalie. And it came when Allison came all the way up on the final corner. The corner kick came in. He headed it beautifully into the upper right. And the goal scored. The entire team is tackling him, crying, celebrating. It was phenomenal. I loved it. I still haven't found my Titanic video yet. Otherwise, I would have sent it to you. Still looking for that. Um, I hope we haven't got rid of that tradition. But it was amazing. And I loved the win that we needed from a terrible West Brom team that's going to get relegated. Well, I saw that they were in a, a heck of a game over there, and I saw the ending. So that was that was good for you. I was glad you had a, a good sports moment this weekend. Uh, yeah, the, caps were good. the main, mm-hmm. the main thing I watched this weekend, and we were—I was very distracted. I did not sit down and watch this, uh, but we did watch the FCS championship game. It just was the only—it was the most interesting sports because I had watched uh, basically both these two teams play last week. So. I had it on there. Then they had a weather weather delay, and the basketball didn't keep me from going back. So Sam Houston did win the national title. I was rooting against them because of the Bear Cats with the K issue that they have there, and Sam Houston State and all that business. I'm I'm only calling them Sam Houston State forever and ever. I don't care if both 
aspects of the university education and sports decide we're just Sam Houston. I don't care. It's yeah, I feel like Sam now. Houston would want me to add the state if he were yeah. alive today. Yeah, because he has to clarify. You know, he was governor of two different states. He's got to clarify. You know, this is the, the state that the Sam Houston University is in. I can't. You know, I just can't claim both at one time here. So. You, you need to define where Sam Houston is at any given time. You never know where he's leading. Um, but they won. Uh, it was a heck of a game, honestly. Uh, it was an entertaining game because there was a late touchdown by Sam Houston that won him the football game. And there was weather, and that seemed to have an impact. There was an early injury for the Jackrabbits quarterback. That is one thing FCS has is some 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 mascots coming out of the woodwork there. I mean, you got the Jackrabbits versus the Bearcats, like – that's, that's good for the kids. And it was the you know? Blue Hens and the Dukes that lost. So, Yeah, I mean, you just it, it's not just everybody's a tiger and let's go. Not everybody's a wildcat. Or a bulldog. I like it. Yeah. So um, it was a fun game, and I will give credit where credit is due. We, we bash on FCS a lot of times. It was an entertaining football game. Did a lot of people watch it? No. Would any other football game probably <laughs> of the FBS level probably get me off that? Yeah, probably so, especially with JMU not playing. But... Yeah, it was at least an interesting football game to have on the TV while uh, some other stuff was going on. So I watched it, and that's what's up. Yeah, I did not watch it, so I'm glad yeah, you I enjoyed it. I didn't text you about it either because I knew you weren't watching. Mm-hmm. Um, what I know that you need to know was the news that broke Monday of Mac McClellan. He has declared he is going to stay in the NBA draft, so this he will lose his eligibility as soon as he is officially signed with an agent. And uh, which is probably happening right now because that agent is going to really need to do some work to make sure this kid gets drafted and as high as he possibly can. Uh, but I think we're just looking at hope to be drafted is kind of where we are with Matt McClellan. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he did make a statement that he wasn't in the transfer portal anymore, but he still had his NBA decision to um, decide on. I guess when I read that, I just was like, well, he'll obviously see he needs to stay, you know, develop another year of college make that jump shot just absolute money um, because you're not going to just out jump guys in the NBA. And even at college, he's not doing that near as much. I mean, there's moments, but he has some opportunities. I mean, we went from the kid being the, you know, all world dunker in high school and, and, and deservedly. So he was awesome. He had awesome social media videos and in games, he's throwing it down because he, he has hops. But then in college, now he's making funny videos for Texas Tech where he's the free throw shooter. And, you know, like he's so good at making free throws like that's because, you know, the athleticism around him had increased and he wasn't getting to the bucket that easy. And he wasn't able to, you know, jump out of the gym compared to other guys like he had at the previous level. And in the NBA is even more so. I mean, it's just everybody can just go throw it down in the NBA unless you're Muggsy. And even then he's still getting up. So I... I worry about this decision for him. I don't see him in the NBA next season. I think he's a little bit destined here for the G League. Even if he is drafted, I think he'll be in that development. If he's not drafted, then he'll try to pick up in there somewhere and sign with somebody to play in the G League or overseas, which maybe would make more money over there. But I just don't see this immediately being a great story. And I think his track to success at the next level would have been quicker if he would have go if he would have gone back to Texas Tech and develop another year. Now, the head coach was gone and maybe he just didn't think that was the right right choice for him. I I don't know. I just I am I guess this is the last time 
I'll be surprised by something that happens because now he'll be a pro and then we're just hopeful for opportunities and, and I won't be waiting for decisions. Um, but it's just, I don't know. I'm worn out from, <laughs> from the transfer in from the decommitments and the transferring and the draft lottery or, you know, draft choices, both the last two years. I just, I'm, I'm ready to not be thinking about Mac McClellan as much as I do. Okay. Yeah. I, I so agree I think- with you on the aspect that I think he should have gone back, whether it was to Texas tech or somewhere else, he needed to go somewhere to work on his jump shot. Um, because for the same reasons, he's not going to be dunking like he did in high school in some, you know, layups and driving to the basket like he did in college. Like he'll get killed if he goes inside of the NBA. So he's going to have to develop that jump shot a little better than it was this year. And I think that's going to be a problem. So, but he didn't call you or me, so uh, he decided to go to the NBA draft, and hopefully it works out for him. Yep, I, I agree. So what do you know that I need to know? There's a new show on Netflix. I started it. I watched one episode. I'm not entirely sure what it's about. It's definitely not family-friendly. I know that much. Um, but it's called Startup, and I think I'm going to learn maybe what a cryptocurrency is all about. Because, Ooh. yeah, the, the premise of this show is that there, what I've gathered so far is there's a guy who is definitely involved in some illegal activity. And he's looking for a way to launder money. Well, now he's found this way because the Stanford grad has come in. She's pitching a new currency that she's developed by herself that's not attached to any government or any banks. There's no regulations on it. And she's developed this algorithm to make sure it stays stable in terms of world markets. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, and that's about all I know, which is about all I know about cryptocurrency. Um, but this guy who's looking to launder money has now laundered it through this other cryptocurrency because it's not attached to any governments, it's not attached to any banks, so it can't seize it, um, that kind of thing. So we'll see what happens. At the end of the first episode, the guy who I figured out who the money actually belongs to uh, found the guy who put the money in the cryptocurrency, and there's going to be a little bit of a showdown, I would imagine. Unfortunately for this show, I finished episode one right as the Stanley Cup playoffs were about to have the puck drop, and I imagine I'll get to it when the Stanley Cup playoffs are over. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have a lot of late nights with the with the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, yeah, NBA is not going to get my interest until the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals. That, that's kind of where I start paying oh, more I, attention. I mean, I, 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 I pay attention to what the numbers are in the series. Like I, I'm listening to sports radio and, and podcasts related to sports, but I'm not tuning into games until conference finals. And even then, if it's, it's probably got to be game five up and both teams have won games kind of situation. So if know. the ice cats, Hockey's win fun. The Stanley... you can pick up a hockey game. Oh yeah. Game one. And it's exciting. It's, I mean, every game of those being one goal games was just awesome. Well, and the, the Bruins and caps have just gone to overtime. And I just said to leave it in between that, um, in between us starting this block and when we ended the last block, they put up a, a graphic that said the last 11 playoff games have been decided by one goal, That's and awesome. six of those have been in overtime. I mean, That's awesome. Oh, I love the Stanley Cup playoffs. That being said, when the Capitals are playing, it's a little more stressful because I kind of care who wins. So it doesn't seem like the Canadian teams are the only ones interested in parity when the entire league is going to overtime every time they play. You don't say. 
and, and also <laughs> that some of these teams are kind of good because they have players yeah. who are actually like superstars. And the Canadian teams are Canadian kind of just teams, happy I'd be, be worried. Oh my gosh, the, Toronto does have some good players, and Connor McDavid plays for Edmonton, uh, but they're not going to hold a candle to the team from the West or the team from the Central that they're going to have to play. Holding a candle in hockey doesn't seem like a wise idea. Well, it's a good thing they won't be able to. So they'll have it taken <laughs> from them, and then they'll get lit on fire with said candle. Um, but I, I just, yeah. Oh, man, I love it. In fact, your uh, avalanche just started against St. Louis Blues, too. So Now, what you were saying about the NBA playoffs before I got sidetracked by myself. Um, if the Ice Cats win the Stanley Cup, I'll be interested if the Lakers are still in it. If the Ice Cats don't, I'll be interested if the Nets are still in it. Otherwise, I might not be interested in the NBA playoffs at all. Just because, I don't know. The NBA is just tough for me. I, I just, I don't watch any regular season games hardly. And the only way I would be interested is if there's a financial investment opportunity. Yeah. So. I I will. I mean, when you get the playoffs is when they finally do start trying. And then even then, it still needs to be like something on the line for me to really get excited about it anymore. In the 90s wasn't the case. I'd watch regular season Tuesday night games yeah. back when I was a kid. And I think they were better back then. But it just seems like the effort is different now. And so at least in the playoffs, a lot have a more chance foul for calls times now where, too. where everybody's playing. Yeah. And a lot more foul calls now, too. I mean, it's I don't know. I'm not saying like. People shouldn't watch the NBA. If you love the NBA, watch the NBA, man. Do you. But it's just not for me. I just don't find it as fun as it used to be. But, yeah, I agree. Well, that will do it for us on the Yak Sports Podcast. Make sure you're following us at Yak Sports Pod on Twitter. Facebook, you can search Yak Sports Pod. Or you can email us, yaksportspod at gmail.com. Make sure you're letting us know. What do you think about the Stanley Cup playoffs? What do you think about the NBA playoffs? Who's going to win? Who's going to win? Either one of those, who's going to be, who's overrated and is going to be out early. Uh, high school sports, tell us. Is Fort Baseball going to plow through this district? Are they going to, you know, just go through everyone, get into that 3C and run rough shot over that too and find a way to get in the uh, state playoffs? Riverhead's going to give them a game Tuesday. We'll see. Um, <laughs> is Riverhead's going to give them a game Tuesday? Tell us. Is Riverhead's going to, you know, win the state championship this year in baseball? Tell us about softball, soccer, whatever spring sport it is that you care about. Tell us what you think about that as well um, and get our eyes on it uh, because there is one thing that Leland and I both love. It's hearing from the fans, especially if they tell us we're wrong because then we'll definitely pay attention to see if we're actually wrong or <laughs> if we get to call you out in the next episode like those people from West Point. <laughs> Subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify and tell your friends again. We'll be talking high school sports the entire spring season. And we'll also be talking a lot of hockey playoffs because I'm on this podcast and I am loving every second of it. That is what actually we can't put it in the D block every week. So we just started to move it to the A block because it's going to be dominating my life. So until then, folks, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sports podcast. Have a great week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast. 